Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner! You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody? Thanks for once again joining the Action Network podcast, the Golf Edition. I'm Jason Sobel. He is Peter Jennings, and we're going to get into this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic. We're going to get into last week's Travelers Championship. That was uh, another fun finish. We've got three in a row, really good events so far. And as always, Peter, let's start off with something actionable. Mine's maybe not quite actionable, but here's my declaration for the week. It's going to get weird. It's going to get real weird. We're going to dig into the weeds in this thing over the next half hour, and we're going to give you some names that you might not have been thinking of. Give me one name that is on your mind here on Monday as we record this. I am very interested in Will Gordon. Uh, you mentioned it at the top. It's not the strongest field that we've had the previous three weeks, so I'm looking uh, deep in the weeds as well. And Will Gordon got a top three finish at the Travelers. Guy hits the ball a long way, constantly in the 180s in terms of ball speed when uh, when they have the track man on him. And you had a great tweet. Uh, final round 64 for Will Gordon. We'll have to wait to answer some questions about future status, but already confirmed the kid can play. This was his eighth career PGA Tour start, and he's finished 31st or better in five of them. So I love Will Gordon, and I'm looking to fire him in some formats. So he did indeed get that special temporary membership on the PGA Tour. He should be pretty good moving forward as far as status. Uh, He didn't have to burn a sponsor's exemption this week, got into the field based off his top 10 last week. And because of all these things off his shoulders, Peter, because he doesn't have to worry about a whole lot of things that he would have had to worry about, I kind of like him. I mean, I like him for the whole week, but I like him for a first-round leader bet. I like him going – going low in the first round with some momentum off of last week. And then maybe at some point the kid gets a little tired, but yes, you're right. He's a great talent. And uh, let's get into last week a little bit before we uh, uh, get into the rocket mortgage. One of my favorite events, TBC river Highlands, not a shock by any means. Anytime Dustin Johnson wins 13 straight seasons. Now on the PGA tour, 21 career wins. Didn't look like the closer we've come to know really down the stretch until that drive on 18, but that's okay. I did exactly what he needed to do to go out there and win. Betting was fine. I had a couple of top twenties that came through for me. I didn't have DJ DFS, Peter. I had one of those, uh, one of those jettings like sweats this weekend. I kind of like seeing six figures on the cash line at times during the weekend. It did not end like that, but that was kind of fun to sweat through that. Now I know what it feels like to be you just a little bit. Oh, I mean, you had an incredible sweat. The ROI for you was off the charts, and uh, we were texting throughout the weekend. And, yeah, what a team. Uh, Great call on Brendan Steele. Brendan Steele. Brendan Steele. Brendan Steele. I just want to be able to hit the ball higher, a little bit farther. Steele with a rip off the 12th. Hard to beat. Wow, that was just jammed in. The land of Steele. How good was that? Wow. You know, friend of the podcast is putting it mildly. I mean, you you are truly boys with him. It's great to see him play well, and it uh, must have been fun to be sweating him throughout the weekend. And great team. Uh, Carnage in DFS for most people. I cashed 50-50s with a three of six team. Not a good DFS week, Net Ned. Didn't, didn't have DJ, didn't do any damage in tournaments, but uh, three of six was uh, really the, the line there. So... It's going to be interesting to see what happens here. DJ established that he's healthy. 
He's right there as one of the best players in the world again. We're going to have to pay attention to him. I mean, I'm very curious to see how the markets react. I know he played really well the week before. The RBC gained a ton of strokes, tee to green. Not a good round on Thursday, but then played lights out Friday and Saturday. So good for DJ and uh, certainly is going to make the golf season that much more interesting. Yeah, I think a uh, DJ firing on all cylinders is a DJ that we like to see and kind of gets everyone else uh, a little bit scared, uh, even though he's not the longest guy out there anymore and the longest guy, Bryson. I had Bryson to win this past week. I followed him a lot, just kind of watching what he was doing. That was not his A game, wasn't even his B game. That was his C minus game, Peter. And the fact that Bryson, we're going to talk about him a decent amount for this week in Detroit, where he's just uncommonly low on the board against a, like we said, just sort of average field at the Rocket Mortgage. But uh, he did not have his best stuff. And, and I'm not sure if that portends, you know, maybe a, a little bit of a fade on Bryson moving forward, or if we say, hey, he didn't have his best stuff and he was for a sixth straight time in the top 10 this past week. Once he gets it all clicking, it's just going to be rockets to the moon for Bryson, which is very possible. And Peter, you mentioned Brendan Steele, friend of the pod, uh, T6 this past week. First of all, is nobody listening to our pod because, or, or you just got guys not paying attention because Brendan Steele was 1.53% owned in the Millie Maker last week after we talked about him on the pod. We talked about him on our Wednesday evening show that we did online on Twitch. And you know, still, you guys, you don't want to listen. You don't want to take Brendan Steele. That's fine. We're okay with that. I will tell you that Steely, after his round, I said, hey, great round. You know, we text a lot. We talk a lot. And immediately said, hey, did I win you some money? So I, you talk about PGA Tour players being cognizant of what we as betters and DFS players are, are doing out there. Uh, he is uh, very cognizant, as are many of them. So I, I guess, Peter, uh, we can talk about guys on, on the spot, guys kind of digging a little deeper for this week and still expect to see one 1.5% in the Millie Maker. So, you know, hey, well, we got some protection there, I guess. I guess people don't want to listen to us. Yeah, I mean, I'll take Steele at 1.5% all day long. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting that, you know, that it didn't move the needle much. But, uh, you know, I think that that's a testament to how strong the field was, how many options there were. You can make some stack teams last week. So given his price and just kind of where everything went, he came in super low owned. And uh, going back to Bryson, totally agree, didn't have his best stuff. And I think, you know, if he could go back and hit three wood off the tee on 13 a couple times, he would be a – in a little bit better spot. I mean, I don't understand what he was doing on some of the holes. Um, and Rory talked about the decision-making for him too. I know that that course was set up to, to kind of, you know, make some aggressive moves, but I don't know if the decision-making was, was great for Bryce and, and Rory certainly talked about that. So we'll see going forward. I mean, Bryson, Rory, JT, Rom, DJ, uh, Webb Simpson. I mean, the top of the PGA tour right now is absolutely loaded and, uh, it's going to be exciting when they're on the field, but that is not this week. We have Bryson uh, on DraftKings. He is plus 600 to win the tournament. Oh, I, I mean, I, I love Bryson. I think it's going to be a huge second half of the year for Bryson. But one thing stuck out to me that Bryson said this past week, I believe it was after the third round where he was talking about playing this golf course. And he played before, finished in the top 10 the two previous years, but he said, the way I'm hitting the ball right now, because I'm hitting it such longer distances off the tee, I have shorter distances into the greens. It's like I'm playing a different golf course every week. It's like I've never played these courses because I have to relearn them and relearn them from based on my game right now and based on where I'm hitting it to. And that makes a lot of sense. And so if you're blindly going to just play Bryson because 
uh, hey, he's the favorite in the field and you want to take him in DFS and you look, I won't talk you off of it. I think he's good enough that on any golf course right now, he can figure it out. And like I said, still have his C minus game, not have his best stuff and be able to finish in the top 10, which is pretty impressive stuff from him. But the fact that he's got to readjust everything, I, I think it shows that it's not all going to happen as quickly as some of us might have expected for Bryson. I, I include myself in that. Like I said, I picked him to win last week. I bet on him outright. I thought it was going to be a really good Bryson week. Could have been so much better. It wasn't quite there. But now I'm sort of kind of in this, you know, well, I'm not sure if not playing great means that as soon as he turns it on, he's going to start winning these things by six. Or if it's, hey, it's still not quite there for him. And we should probably hold off for a little bit until he starts finding his, if not A game, at least B plus game. Well, it's going to be interesting from a DFS perspective. Uh, Bryson will probably be pretty chalky given he's such a huge favorite. Moving past him, you have, you know, I think four names that are under 20 to 1. Webb Simpson coming off the win with Drew with an abundance of caution last week. Terrell Hatton, who was right there, could have easily, if it wasn't going to be Webb, I mean, it looked like Hatton or Answer. So Hatton coming off his first week back playing great and, of course, was playing amazing before the quarantine, uh, you know, with a win and just really elite ball striking. Patrick Reed and then your boy Hideki Matsuyama who let you down and maybe this is the time to get back on Hideki Matsuyama what what are your thoughts on kind of this top tier here's the stat that I'm looking at is world ranking numbers of the top 10 last year at Rocket Mortgage at the first ever PGA Tour event at Detroit Golf Club Uh, I'm gonna go through this real quickly Peter I tweeted it out it's in my column this week as well but I I think it's a pretty important number to look at Uh, Nate Lashley was your winner by six he was ranked 346th in the world. Doc Redman, runner-up, he was 7-11 at the time. Rory Sabatini tied for third, 111. Wes Roach was 421. Then we get down to a bunch of guys tied for fifth. Joaquin Neiman, 97th. Cameron Tringali, 429th. Patrick Reed, 25th. Brant Snedeker, 45th. Ted Potter Jr., 195th. Brian Stewart, 163rd. I mean, those numbers are all over the place. And I guess we could say that at a lot of different tournaments, but these numbers are just showing that uh, it, it doesn't matter who you are. This is a pretty democratic golf course, democratic golf tournament. And if you're looking at just favorites this week, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah, there's a ton of value in some of those names that you just mentioned that finished well last year. I'm certainly interested. But yeah, in terms of a betting perspective, I do think that you, especially with the class of the field, uh, you can start looking at some longer numbers. You'll be able to fit in a couple of those studs, depending on how you want to build your lineups. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, in the top tier, you know, I'm a little biased towards Bryson, but I can see myself going down. I actually like this upper middle tier a little bit more. You know, Victor Hovland, who's playing amazing golf, uh, really encouraged by what I've seen from him. Sungjae, Ricky Fowler, Scotty Scheffler, Bubba Watson. And then, it, it, you know, after that, the names, you know, in terms of odds, it's Harris English, Lucas Glover, Kevin Na, JT Poston. So it falls off in terms of uh, the fields that we've seen the previous three weeks. What are your thoughts on this next year? I'm probably not betting anyone who's under 50 to 1 this week. I just don't see the value in it. This is a tournament where it's sort of anybody's ballgame more so than some other ones because there is less history at this golf course. Uh, the one guy that I sort of like that I think is, you know, kind of under the radar based on a missed cut and then a an okay finish at the Travelers is Sung J.M. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, uh, if you could have gotten Sung J.M., I mean, in a weak field at 25 to 1, you might say, oh, Sung J., Sung J is great. He has a chance every single week. Finished 21st here a year ago, 
Um, as a rookie, he's a better player and more mature player right now. So uh, I think Sungjae is a guy that um, if I have to bet somebody who's uh, at least in that upper tier, he's probably my guy. I like him for DFS, uh, just a solid player. And I expect him after a couple of down weeks to, to get it going again. We, we start looking at the next year. Um, you mentioned guys like English and Glover for fantasy purposes, DFS purposes. Yeah, I don't mind them. They're solid every single week. I just don't think that those guys, I don't like their numbers at, at 45 to 1 for to bet on them outright. The one guy I do like a lot, and I went through the numbers uh, on Brant Snedeker at Donald Ross courses, and, and I did this last year when I picked him, so I'm, I'm just going to kind of cherry pick what I wrote last year, but I wrote, Snedeker might be the closest we've seen to a Donald Ross specialist. He won at Forest Oaks in 2008, won at Eastlake in 2012, at Sedgefield in 2018, finished T3 at Plainfield and T9 at Pinehurst number two. Now you throw in a top five at this very tournament last year, and it's pretty obvious that Brant Snedeker really likes the quirkiness of Donald Ross courses. That's a very interesting one. And 66 to 1 on DraftKings here on Monday morning, that's an interesting price. You know, you could bet him to be top five, you're getting plus 1,200 and plus 550 on a top 10 strong market for, for Snedeker. And, you know, I could buy that. I think that there's something for sure to be said with Snedeker uh, at those prices and in this field. This is my favorite tier by far. I, I like Doc Redman a ton. I think Doc yeah, Redman is a name that. Most people who aren't avid golf fans don't really know, but uh, putting up some great numbers right now and played well here last year. So I think Doc Redman makes a ton of sense and a little bit shorter odds to win outright, basically the same top five and top 10 odds. And then Rory Sabatini, someone that I've been playing a lot in DFS over the last year or so, uh, I think he's another really strong play. A little bit shorter odds too, he's 50 to one, but Rory Sabatini has been playing Pretty good golf and, you know, played well last year, too. And uh, I, this is the kind of field where I think Rory Sabatini has a chance to win. But I feel very confident that he'll make the cut and will be a very good DFS play. Yeah, Sabatini, as I mentioned before, T3 last year. Doc Redman, the runner-up last year, uh, he's at this intersection of recent form and course history. And so he's a guy that we we really like. That said, just two weeks ago, you could have gotten Doc Redman at, I believe it was 300 to 1. The value isn't quite there. Do you, are you okay with chasing a guy like that and saying, hey, look, the value's not there anymore, but there's a reason the value's not there anymore because he's played really well and he's going back to a course that he's had some success on? Or do you say, look, everybody's going to jump all over Doc Redman this week. He, he's getting a little too hot for me. I'm going to look elsewhere. Well, I think you know people are paying attention are going to be on Doc Redman, given his current form, his history here, and just the, the quality of the field. And I think that when you talk about value, when you're looking at all these numbers and you're comparing where you normally see these guys, you have to take into account the strength of the field. And this is one of the weaker fields that we're going to see uh, on the PGA tour. So I don't think the number is horrible. It's certainly not great. Uh, you know, the, the recent form combined with the history, I think is what's driven that to win number, but I love him for DFS probably won't see value on him outright, but uh, in other markets, uh, I think there could be some, some value on him. And again, Make sure, especially this week, that you line shop. I've looked at a couple markets. We're recording here on Monday morning. There's already some pretty different prices, but as the week evolves and books get action, I think we'll see some really big discrepancies between uh, these book odds. So to me, one of the best ways to 
find value in the bet golf is to look for uh, the the huge line discrepancies. And occasionally you'll be able to find, you know, close to arbitrage, or if you have books that have yes, no markets, you actually can find some arbitrage. So that's one thing I'll be looking for in a big way. And I think uh, kind of in this mid tier, you'll see some wildly different numbers. You mentioned Snedeker, uh, you know, I could see him getting down to 50 to one in some places and staying in that 66. And even in one book, I see him 75 to one. So make sure you are shopping for the best prices. Peter, I'm going to mention some other names. I want to go down a list. I'm going to mention some names. I'll mention a little, uh, do a little pro and con. And I want to see if I can sell you on some of these guys and see if you like them for this week or if you're like, no, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm on the side of the con. I'm, I'm just not taking them. Uh, first one, and I told you guys off the top, this is going to get weird. We're going to have some weird plays. We're going to have some guys that we don't normally look at. First one is a guy I haven't played anywhere in probably two years. Jason Duffner, his lone major championship victory. And maybe I'm overrating the Donald Ross connection, but came at Donald Ross designed Oak Hill back at 13. There's not a real sign that he's ready to go out and win, but he's making cuts every single week. Any thoughts on Duffner? Probably a pass for me on Duffner, but uh, always rooting for Jason Duffner. Nice guy on tour. So, uh, but yeah, in terms of uh, betting and DFS, I've not had any interest in him. My guess is that, that I will not have any Duffner. I call Duff nice guy, but he's he's something. Uh, like something. Duff. All right, maybe not. You know, you know, you know the PGA Tour better than me. I've heard he's uh, next one. I'm going to thank PGA Tour Live for because I was watching the early Sunday streaming coverage uh, very early before the uh, TV broadcast came on, and they were showing his his twosome because Jason Day was in it. But I was watching Kevin Chapel, and Kevin's out there with a stand bag. He's wearing a UCLA hat. Sort of reminded me of old school. Ryan Moore, this whole kind of, I don't give a crap. It's me against the world. I'm not doing what people want me to do. I'm just going to go out here and play like I'm playing a Tuesday afternoon with my buddies and see how it works. And I like the swing. Swing looked good. His putting stroke looked terrific. He putted really well. Any thoughts on Kevin Chappell? Kevin Chappell looked awesome. I watched a little bit of the coverage with Chappell and Jason Day on Sunday morning. Chappell is hitting the ball great again. A uh, friend of the podcast, Drew Stoltz, a uh, member at Whisper Chapels, also a member there. They play a lot of golf. Always rooting for him. Kind of fits the mold of a uh, type of player I like to take. Great ball striker, uh, inconsistent putter. So Chapel to me is someone that I'm pretty excited about and uh, certainly could see myself having exposure to. like that call quite a bit. And uh, hopefully he just has his game back and just watching from, uh, you know, and I think you can get some bias just from watching golf, but was hitting the ball amazing off the tee and was hitting some knockdown wedges that looked just dialed in. So it was very encouraged from the, the form that I saw from Chapel. All right, I'm going to throw a couple of guys together here because uh, I kind of put them together as recent college guys or college studs. Uh, some success, but not recently. And that's Aaron Wise and Mav McNeely. Both guys with a ton of talent. Both guys are going to be around on the PGA Tour for a, a long time to come. Both guys who haven't played great recently, but neither one of them would surprise you if he contended for a title. Uh, any of these or either of these names on your radar this week? All right. So you hit the name that I, that I was going to talk about that I think is a uh, uh, tremendous value so far just from the research that I've done here. That's Aaron Wise. In terms of DFS, one of the best golfers relative to their normal output uh, on the tour in terms of finishing position relative to DFS points in, in a good way. Aaron Wise makes a ton of birdies and a ton of bogeys or worse. Tons of them. He was right up there 
you know, consistently in that top five, top 10 weighted birdie average uh, range, uh, just doesn't finish well because he has a lot of bogeys on his card and seems to make bigger numbers more than other PGA Tour players. So I like Aaron Wise a lot for DFS just in a vacuum and in most situations because of the scoring that he has. Throwing a weak field, throwing a not a great tournament last week at the Travelers, but made the cut, showed some promise at times. So I think Aaron Wise makes a lot of sense in this field and I agree with you, just oozing talent. And at some point, we're going to see some, some value on him. So I like first-round leader bets on Aaron Wise, potentially. I like uh, top fives, top tens to win. I think Aaron Wise is a really, really strong play. Maverick McNeely, I haven't played as much, but uh, certainly have seen some other sharps on him. Uh, saw him in some cash game teams as some of the top DFS players. So McNeely uh, is someone that I'm intrigued by and will definitely be digging into. Do you have a preference out of those two guys? Probably McNeely based on recent form. Aaron Wise just hasn't been very good lately. Uh, I'd, I'd rather go with McNeely. His short game is very good. This is a place where you're going to miss greens. Matt McNeely is a really good chipper and putter. I think that's going to help him a little bit more. There's a, a ton of value on both of those guys. We saw and talked about Doc Redman earlier, his odds moving down so much over the last couple of weeks. These are guys who are as talented, if not more talented than Redman and way lower on the board. So I like each of those. A couple more names for you. I kind of like this game we're playing right now. So I'm going to keep it going. Wesley Bryan missed about a year and a half due to injury. Uh, finally came back. He's made, okay, he made the cut at RBC Heritage, which is kind of a, uh, uh, a homecoming for him. He's a South Carolina guy, won that event a few years ago. But then, Hit the ball really well at the Travelers this past week. T24, are we asking for too much too soon from Wes Bryan, or is that a decent play? Well, I have a, such a soft spot in my heart for Wesley Bryan. It was that Tiger Jam the year Tiger couldn't make it? Couldn't have been more fun to be around. We were betting at Top Golf. So much fun. He was uh, uh, hilarious and just uh, an awesome dude to hang around. And, you know, you hear the coverage between him and, and uh, you know, Bubba Watson at Heritage, and, and he's playing good golf again, so... I want to root for Wesley Bryan. I've not been on him from a DFS perspective, but I am extremely biased and uh, I should throw, throw him in some lineups. So are you buying Wesley Bryan this week? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, he's like a 20% owned for me. I probably won't bet on him outright. I just don't think, I just don't think he's quite there yet. Uh, I don't think he's ready to seriously contend yet, but obviously good signs and and there's some optimism moving forward here. Here's a guy that I've liked for the last five years that I've bet on that I've played and it just, It hasn't happened. I thought he was going to have the same career trajectory. We're talking six, seven years ago when they were both playing the European tour. They were both buddies. Peter Uline. I've been waiting for this guy to pop. I've been waiting for this guy to turn into a guy who is contending a weekly basis on the PGA Tour, a guy who's a top 50 player in the world. It hasn't quite happened for him yet. He was 14th at the Charles Schwab a few weeks ago in the return after the shutdown. Peter Uline's a guy that I'm very interested in moving forward. Not totally sold this week, but you could probably sell me on him um, if you really try. Uh, Thoughts on him, both short-term and long-term? Love the long-term upside. I think another guy that people don't realize how talented Peter Uline is, um, certainly you you could make the case to to be buying him in the short term. I'll wait to see to get a little more data. I was encouraged, uh, like you mentioned, by the finish of Charles Schwab. Um, but yeah, I think that's someone that is on my radar to, to watch and that's, what's exciting. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people aren't as excited about this tournament given, uh, you know, we don't have a star studded field. I live for these tournaments. I love the yeah. Puerto Rico opens. I love tournaments like this, where you have to dig for value. 
I think there's uh, potentially even a little bit more edge uh, in DFS and in the betting markets. So I have a lot of names like that that, I, that I'm looking at. And Uline is someone that I think could uh, definitely make a charge uh, in the world rankings and uh, move up. I agree with you. I thought he was going to have, uh, you know, I thought at this point he'd already have some wins and be, you know, uh, much higher in the rankings than he currently is. But I will be watching to see how he plays uh, this season. Uh, last one here. I've got some serious unsexiness for this week. I'm telling you, I, I said it was going to get weird. It's getting weird with Taylor Gooch, Christopher Ventura, Tom Hoagie, Peter Malnati, Sam Burns, Adam Long, Brian Stewart, who played really well here as a Michigan native. He was fifth last year, tends to make a lot of cuts. Is anybody on your radar out of uh, those guys? Yeah, Adam Long for sure is on my radar. Uh, didn't play well on Sunday. Uh, last week of the Travelers, but had a, a nice Saturday and uh, is, is definitely someone that I'm looking at uh, in all formats. I think he makes a lot of, si- a lot of sense. And Taylor Gooch is someone else that, that I think is kind of in that range. And I'll, I'll throw a couple other names at you uh, yeah, to see please. if you're interested in either of these. Ryan Armour, what a Sunday. Played great with Rory. Lit it up on the back nine. Not a sexy name. Not the guy you'd first look at and say, okay, let me, let me watch guys on the range. Oh, I'm going to take Ryan Armour. But He's playing some good golf. I think he's interesting. He's in that 200 to one range. And then someone who's kind of the opposite of Ryan Armour, I think, uh, not the opposite, but who's his little more talent. That's Sam Ryder, who I think is another interesting pick. And you mentioned Burns. Uh, all of those guys, I think, are really interesting and, and certainly sprinkles for me in DFS. What are your thoughts on Armour and Ryder? Okay, so Armour, I don't play very often. If I'm going to play him, I play him on a short golf course. He hits the ball nowhere, but he's deadly accurate. And so last week sort of made sense for him. In fact, each of the last three events probably made sense for Ryan Armour. Uh, going back to the Midwest, he's a Midwest guy. That should probably help. So uh, this course is moderately long. It's like 7,200 plus yards. So, I, you know, not really a short one, not really a long one, kind of in the middle there. So I could probably be sold a little bit on Armour, but don't love him. Sam Ryder is a guy that I've been on a lot last year. He's all over Sam Ryder. I think he's ready to win his first PGA Tour event. Haven't loved him lately. And, you know, as we're talking right here, I'm going to look up what Sam Ryder has done lately. And, you know, he's a guy that I I think has a tremendous amount of talent. I always look at the all-around ranking. Uh, Last year, if you look at all-around, which is exactly what you would think it is, it uh, combines – driving stats and ball striking stats and chipping stats and putting stats and puts them all into one number. And basically what you get is a list of the best players in the world. And you get uh, near the top Rory and JT and Rom and Bryson Kepka. And it, it's exactly what you would think it would be, but there's always a player on that list who I look at and say, huh, that tells me that guy is just not getting enough out of his game. And last year, I believe Sam Ryder was 20th or 21st on that list for the entire season. So the fact that uh, he does everything well, I think speaks to what he can bring to the game. That said, last three starts since the, the return, he's got a, a T41 at Harbor Town and two missed cuts mm-hmm. at Travelers and the Schwab. That that doesn't really tell me a whole lot, although going back, you, you look at some of his best finishes and back at uh, the Safeway Open in 2018, he was 45th, 28th going in. 43rd at the CIMB, came back third at the Shriners in Vegas. Then earlier this year, uh, finished third in Puerto Rico. Coming into that, he went miscut, 55th miscut. And so he's a guy that tends to pop without having a whole lot of recent results to his name. So 
again, I, I like Sam Ryder long-term. I think I feel probably the same way about him this week as you feel about Uline, which is, yeah, long-term, I like him. Short-term, I, I don't necessarily love him this week. But, yeah, Sam Ryder's a guy that's definitely at least on my radar. Yeah, he's on my radar, too, in that 150-to-1 range. The, the recent form hasn't been great, but he's right there. I'll throw out one other name that I, I should have mentioned that has played well this year. Uh, great story, Harold Varner. I think it's another play that just makes a ton of sense. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's getting up into kind of the top tier in this tournament. Uh, he's 66 to one identical odds on DraftKings to Brant Snedeker. But uh, so far this year in the 2020 season, 24th overall in strokes game has played really well, uh, you know, to start out weeks. So Harold Varner is someone that I am very interested in. If he can finally put it together on a Sunday, he could definitely win this tournament. So those are, those are kind of the names that I'm looking at for this week. And, Again, encourage you guys to line shop, and uh, it should be a great week for DFS uh, if you love digging into the weeds on some of these non-household names on the PGA Tour. You know, one thing I'll say about Varner, and he kind of scares people off a little bit because he plays so well on Thursday and Friday and usually fades a little bit on the weekend. And uh, I know that a lot of the general public, and especially the betting public, will look at a guy like that and say, oh, man, all these negative experiences, you know, it's it's not – uh, coming together for him. I, I'm telling you, the way the players look at it, the way I've always looked at this, and I, I talk about it a lot, Peter, is that anytime you get into some semblance of contention, anytime you get onto the leaderboard, even if you don't play well on the weekend, that's just one more experience you can bank. You can throw that in your, your mental bank and you can say, next time I'm in this situation, I'm going to deal with it better. And so the more Harold Varner at least gets into these final pairings on the weekend, at least is... Uh, feeling the heat of contention, the better off he's going to be moving forward. So I know a lot of people will look at him and say, you know what? He always gets to the weekend and he doesn't play well. I'm not going to take him. At some point, he's going to put it all together. He's going to play well on the weekend too. So uh, he's a guy that, yes, I, I can see that happening for him this week as well. And it's funny. Yeah. I, I'll tell you one more thing. And I talked about Sam Ryder in relation to the all-around ranking. I happen to just click it right now to see kind of what the names look like. I, I mean, it is a who's who. It goes starts with Rom goes, Cantley, Bryson, DJ, Webb, Rory, Berger, Adam Scott, Woodland, Scheffler, Hadwin. I mean, I'll go down with JT, Hideki, Sungjae, Hovland, Morikawa, Shoffley, Answer, Hatton. I mean, that is like basically 19 of the best players in the world right there. The guy who's 20th right now, which is right where Sam Ryder was last year, which shows he does everything well, is a guy whose name we have mentioned already, and that's Doc Redmond. So if you're not jumping on the Doc Redmond train, maybe this can change your mind a little bit and sway you. The fact that Doc Redmond obviously does everything pretty well to be up there with all those names in the all-around ranking. Yeah, Doc Redmond, we'll see how his ownership is this week. I think he's a really strong player and is playing awesome golf, and I would not be surprised to see him near the top of the leaderboard. And he's already getting respect in the betting market. So Doc Redmond, uh, strong play and, and certainly – the guy that I think will uh, have the most respect in betting markets and DFS relative to kind of the household name awareness that most uh, golf fans have. All right. So I want to get to our uh, DFS lineup. We, we are in full disclosure recording on Monday morning. Peter and I usually record on Monday evening. We're able to see the DFS prices. Uh, Peter's got a little staycation going on. So we wanted to record early and make sure we could get this to you guys as early as possible. So you had a few days to, Uh, get a chance to listen and hear what we had to say. That said, we're going against a little bit in that we don't have the DFS prices out yet. So we're going to make our DraftKings lineup without the prices, but you and I are pretty good at this stuff. We can probably figure out, you know, we're not just going to take this 
top six guys on the board. We're going to make a lineup that that should be able to fit under the salary cap. So just based on everything we've talked about here, uh, I'll give you the first pick off the top. And uh, who are you starting your DFS lineup with? All right, let's let's start towards the top. And I'm with you. Sung Jay is undervalued. I'm, I'm torn between Sung Jay and Victor Hovland. Uh, those are two of the guys that are, are standing out to me in a big way. I imagine those guys will come in kind of like the seventh, eighth ranked in terms of price. Um, so yeah. I think you can definitely build a balance lineup with them or you could potentially fit both, uh, you know, in your lineup. So I'll go Sung Jay to start. I think he... Uh, you know, was playing amazing uh, before the layoff and uh, the miscut uh, and then just not a, a great weekend is going to keep some people off him. Sung Jay can get it going. Uh, you know, the putter is a huge thing for him. He's one of the best ball strikers on tour and in this field it would not surprise me to see Sung Jay get his second win of the season. Yeah, I like it a lot. There aren't very many young players that I would think could get a second win this quickly, but Sung Jay is that kind of talent that I have no problem going back to him. So I uh, like Sungjae a lot. I mentioned Snedeker's record on Donald Ross courses. Uh, I think he is undervalued this week. There's not a whole lot of decent names that are undervalued because the field isn't what the last three of them were. And so it, it's hard to find a guy who's uh, not priced high enough. But I think Brant Snedeker is flying under the radar, has a great record on those Donald Ross courses. So I, I'm going to throw Snedeker in there. I'll go Doc Redman, who we were just talking about before. Yeah. I expect him to be in the 8k range maybe he ends up a little bit higher like the high eights if he's 9,000 that that would be a little surprising but maybe given uh the weakness in the field but doc redmond doing so many things well you mentioned that all around uh you know ranking and if you just start digging into stats doc redmond is, is doing things exceptionally well and has played better than people realize so doc redmond uh i think is going to be one of my favorite dfs plays this week uh assuming he's in that 8k range yeah, I like that a lot, and I, I think that we have to probably start going a little bit lower now. Uh, no problem. Doing this without the pricing, but there's plenty of options. And, you know, you and I did our scouting. We were both watching the early streaming coverage on Sunday, as we mentioned before. I would hate to do all that scouting and not go with the scouting tip. Uh, if you do your scouting and, and you like the guy you saw, you got to go pick him. And Kevin Chappell's a guy that uh, you and I both liked what we saw from him playing with Jason Day on Sunday morning on that early streaming coverage. And, uh, you know, hopefully the scouting is going to pay off here. Love that pick. And again, if he can get the putter going, which I'll bank on some variants there every single week, his ball striking, his off the tee game is very strong. So love that pick. And I'm going to go with someone else that we talked, I talked about right off the pot, right off the start. And that's Will Gordon. Great form. Obviously last week, ton of talent, just ton of talent. Hits the ball really long way. Love his swing. I think Will Gordon uh, has a chance to be a mainstay on the PGA Tour and has upside to win given his length. So Will Gordon in this field, uh, I'm putting him on our team. I know it's early in the week, but what kind of ownership percentage would you expect for Will Gordon on DFS this week? 5% maybe, somewhere in that That's all. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he was more than that. And maybe I'm wrong uh, on on that take, but uh, I think there's some other names that people will will go to uh, ahead of Will Gordon. There's some names that people will recognize versus Will Gordon. But, yeah, the hardcore DFS community maybe will be on Will Gordon more than I'm guessing. Everybody likes the bright, new, shiny thing. They got a new toy in Will Gordon. They want to play with it this week. I I think he's going to be a little bit higher. Than if he's that. higher than that, still. I'll be fading him. But uh, for now, <laughs> under the assumption he's 5%, uh, I like Will Gordon. I think he has upside. Okay, we've got one more spot left here. We've got Sunjay M, Brant Snedeker, Doc Redman, Kevin Chappell, Will Gordon, Price is not out yet. It's a good team. 
based on your expertise, will Patrick Reed fit into this lineup under the cap? I was going to say you have you have money to spend for sure. Patrick Reed is probably going to be ten thousand. Ten thousand. Yeah. Do Patrick Reed and then a contingency. That that's okay. the, the best way to do it. Patrick Reed is in if we can afford him, and if we can't, and we have to go a little bit lower. Um, how about I'll go with the guy that that you like, either an all or nothing play in Aaron Wise. Uh, like I said, hasn't played great recently, but he's got a ton of talent. This kind of reminds me of the Nelson back at Trinity when Wise won a few years ago. Uh, Detroit Golf Club's got a little bit of that to it. Not a lot, but a little bit of that. I I could see him playing well again this week. So it's either Reed or Wise at the end of our lineup. And uh, and so that would go Sunjay M, Brant Snedeker, Doc Redman, Kevin Chappell, Will Gordon, and Reed or Wise. Uh, You like that team? Love that team, and one guy I'll just throw out. Not, not, not he's not on our team, but if you're looking for a DFS play, I think Rory Sabatini for cash games makes yeah. a lot of sense. So, uh, give me give me a fade this week. Give me one guy you don't like that you're off. I, I have a feeling it might be the same guy that I'm I'm fading as well. Yeah, well, Spieth isn't in the field, and he keeps <laughs> burning me with making cuts, and, and I'm rooting for Spieth. You know, because I think it makes just like BJ winning, Spieth winning would be uh, great for the tour. In terms of a fade this week, uh, it's a it's a tricky week, but I, I guess I'd fade Ricky Fowler. Talk about the, the nicest guy in four. Uh, everyone raves about him. He's clearly doing it for the fans. Has not shown great for him coming off, and just the name value. You know, Ricky's right there at thirty to one, uh, straight up. I, I think I would rather play. You know, a Sabatini, maybe even a Lucas Glover, like Doc Redman versus Ricky Fowler in a matchup. I, I'm very mm-hmm. curious to see where I'd price that. And of course, Ricky Fowler is going to have a lot more ra- name recognition. So. In terms of a fade, I'm going to go with Ricky Fowler. Is your guy Bubba that you're fading, or where are you where are you going? No, I told you we we're going to have the same guy. I, I knew you were going with Ricky, and that's my fade as well. There are certain times and certain players and certain situations where guys playing for their title sponsors, I love playing. I, I know this is going to sound weird, but when the title sponsor is also uh, the sponsor for a player, there are certain players that react really well to it. Webb Simpson at the Wyndham every year is a guy that I love taking because he loves playing for his guys and he wants to go out there and impress them and kind of show off for them. Justin Rose at the Zurich uh, for many years was a a good play because uh, he loves kind of showing the Zurich guys what he can do. Ricky Fowler, I feel like, is playing the Rocket Mortgage because he's sponsored by Rocket Mortgage and would have preferred to be at the Travelers last week. I, I believe that's where he started his career at the Travelers. They always give young players a chance to play. And he had to skip that one in order to play this one. He was T46 last year. I just can't imagine it's a course that fits him. Can't imagine it really fits in his schedule. I think he's only there because he's got the sponsorship tie in. And I I never like it when the guy sort of has to play as opposed to wanting to play and wanting to, uh, to be there. So I I think Ricky Fowler is the fade for me as well this week, Peter. We're on the same fade, and uh, he's definitely going to garner some ownership. And I think people looking to this field, you know, when you look at the mainstream golf coverage, they're going to be talking about Ricky a lot. And for the sake of the game, I hope he does well. But uh, for betting and DFS, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm not going to have much exposure. So uh, I think we're on to some of these names that aren't as sexy, but certainly could have some value this week. Uh, so hopefully good luck to us. Yeah, good luck to us. Good luck to you guys out there. This should be a fun week. Rocket Mortgage Classic. Like I said, it's going to get weird. We're going to have maybe another Nate Lashley at the top. So dig deep, get into the weeds, find your guys. He's Peter Jennings. I'm Jason Sobel. Thanks for listening. Here's hoping you guys hit the green. 
We're finished talking. 